Doctor Strange is back from the dead. James Gunn says he's going to make an authority movie. And Mass Effect 2 might actually be one of the best games of all time. Hey, everybody, my name is Hilton Price, and I am an OK Geek. This is something a little more... I don't know, geek-centric than what we do sometimes on Opinions Like A-Holes. If you've been listening to that show that I've been doing with Michael Zampino for a few years now, you know we get into the comics sometimes, the video games sometimes, but we can't always go as deep as I would like. So that's what we're doing over here. Uh, It's not going to cover everything. It's not going to cover everything the best, uh, and it's not, uh, you know, we're going to make some mistakes. We're going to leave some stuff out. That's why we're just an okay geek. But we're going to kick things off with Doctor Strange, because he is back. But it also means an end to the fantastic 10-issue series uh, Strange by uh, Jed McKay and uh, Marcello Ferreira. Uh, which has been going on and focused on Clea Strange as the new Sorcerer Supreme during the time that Steven has been dead since uh, the death of Doctor Strange miniseries, which came out year before last. This Strange series has been excellent. Uh, The art by Marcella Ferreira has been wonderful, and I've really, really enjoyed the story by Jed McKay. Jed McKay, I've got to say, is quickly becoming one of my favorite writers over at Marvel. The stuff he did with uh, Black Cat in the Iron Cat miniseries recently uh, was excellent. Uh, even the Black Cat and Mary Jane um, special that he did last year was fun. And then that led to a mini uh, that I believe is still going and is tying into the, the Dark Web uh, crossover. Uh, that looks cool and it's getting good reviews as well. And everything that I've read that Jed has touched has been very, very good. One of them uh, I wanted to talk about is uh, this uh, Timeless, which uh, was this story that came out um, from um, about, uh, I want to say, was it about a year ago? I'm going to see if I can track down that date while I am talking here. Uh, And and this is actually supposed to set up some of the big events going to be happening in Marvel uh, in the days ahead. Uh, This is... Um, it looks like it looks like it was December of maybe 2021. Has it really been out that long? Wow. Anyway, this uh, was a, a a little one shot about Kang the Conqueror facing off against a, a, a team of of warriors, kind of with a loose Arthurian bent to them. Like there were analogs for King Arthur, uh, Merlin the Magician, Lancelot the Knight, uh, and uh, possibly a few others. I'm not super hip to Arthurian lore, so I can't say that I necessarily know um, all of that. But what I really enjoyed about it, what I really like and why I I, want to recommend it to you as well, is um, not only... um, was it? Uh, did it drop little hints of stuff you will see in a variety of titles over the the, the subsequent few years? Um, and I got to tell you, so this came out like a year a year plus ago, uh, December. Uh, oh no, was it December of twenty twenty two? Okay, never mind. It looks like I've got my dates a little off here. It looks like it just came out uh, three months ago, but it's already pushing stuff that came out. Um, excuse me, pushing stuff, uh, uh, previewing stuff that's just happening in comics now. Like I'm reading Captain Marvel. Uh, by Kelly Thompson, which is fantastic. And just now in epi- uh, issue 40-something, 44, 45, somewhere in there, uh, am I seeing come to fruition some of the stuff previewed in this issue of Timeless uh, several months back. Um, but a great little story, and what I liked about it especially was how it... it so it's focused on Kang, who I don't know a ton about. I've been reading comics for almost 20 years now, 
and uh, I haven't read a lot of stories involving Kang, with the exception of the stuff with um, uh, uh, Iron Lad in Young Avengers, but that's, that's a very different Kang. But as we all know, and especially as all of you who come to me uh, through your knowledge of the MCU know, Kang has lived many different lives uh, in his stories. And because of that, this uh, the fact that I've not read much of him at all uh, is surprising. And the fact that I've read just some of the Iron Lad stuff really does not show me much of Kang because that's really not him. That's just another life that he has lived, you know. But I don't know much about Kang. And I didn't know anything about any of his uh, nemeses in this mini in this uh, single issue, excuse me. So that is, to me, a recipe for stuff I'm not going to get into. Uh, characters I don't know much about, a lot of new stuff, but it was written so well, and once again, credit to Jed McKay. Um, I was instantly hooked, uh, kept on the line the whole time, and ha- was satisfied with the payoff, and even though the big twist at the end, like the 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 final pages, oh no, what's next, didn't left no taste in my mouth of anything I'm familiar with there was no hook because I don't know any of this so when and that may have been there there may have just been nothing there but there was definitely nothing there for me and yet I'm still excited to see what's next for Kang and what this is going to mean and here's where I'm going with it when it involves the Avengers because it was just announced that Jed McKay is taking over the Avengers book so that is going to be very cool Now to go back over to Strange, which got us talking, another great Jed McKay book. Uh, That is leading into another book that Jed is going to be writing, not just the new Avengers book coming out next year, but the new Doctor Strange book, because Doctor Strange, at the end of this 10-issue limited series, did rejoin the land of the living. Um, And that was really rushed. I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of great action in these 10 issues. Uh, Fantastic art. Great moments from several characters. uh, Several of the supporting cast, including Wong, including Bats the Dog. Always glad to see some bats in my Doctor Strange comics lately. And um, despite all that, though, once we got back to Earth and everybody was alive again, this wrapped up in like two pages. I had to double check that I wasn't missing a page with how fast they went from, well, I'm alive to the end. Um, But I guess that just means uh, a lot to look forward to in the new Doctor Strange book. Over at DC, I've been reading as well. Uh, Just wrapped up Batman Fortress, which was a great little, I want to say eight-issue miniseries. Uh, This was written by a guy I was not familiar with, uh, Gary Whitta, who I guess was one of the writers on Star Wars Rogue One. I'm going to pull that up right now while we're talking uh, and see if I can't get us a little bit more information on him. Yeah, look like him. It's a screenwriter. Um, he co-developed the story for Rogue One, but he was a screenwriter for the Book of Eli. He co-wrote After Earth with M. Night Shyamalan and co-developed the story of Rogue One. Okay, so interesting credits. And now making his debut as a, a comic writer, I believe. Let me double check that. Oh, no, no, no. He's got some history on that as well. He worked on Death Jr. with Mike McNola and Ted Nafee. Oh, wow. He's also working on a story called Oliver with Derek Robertson. And it's great because Derek Robertson was the artist that joined him for this DC crossover Batman Fortress. This was an out-of-continuity story, meaning uh, does not have anything to do with the ongoing DC narrative in books like the regular eponymous Batman. This story is about aliens coming to Earth, Um, doing massive destruction, killing popular heroes, and all the time looking for Superman, who is nowhere to be found. Batman must team up 
with several heroes and one villain, the current president of the United States, Lex Luthor, as well as several heroes, including Amico Queen, Jackson Hyde, and Dale, who is one of the Green Lanterns. Now, uh, interesting group of heroes, and what they are now tasked with doing uh, in lieu of Superman's absence is breaking into the Fortress of Solitude to find a weapon to fight back against these alien invaders. These invaders, I might add, uh, knocked out power to the entire planet, uh, done mass destruction, mass death, like I mentioned, uh, and are, are, are nigh unstoppable, uh, frankly. Um, this was an interesting series. Um, there were some times where it felt a little silly. There were times where it felt a little hokey. Uh, and Derek Robertson's art was not always perfect for that. And I say this as someone who has really loved uh, Derek Robertson. Uh, I came up uh, reading Transmetropolitan, which, of course, is one of uh, the, the best-loved series in comics, uh, written by Warren Ellis and uh, drawn by Derek Robertson. Uh, but Robertson, I was not loving on this. Um, something about the way that he draws uh, some of these heroes that I love just wasn't working for me. Um, but despite that, it was good enough, and the story was interesting enough, especially being an Elseworlds tale, being an out-of-canon tale, which meant that things that you would not expect to happen could happen, um, including death or severe injury to the characters that you love. And it led to some crazy things happening, including some powerful revelations about um, uh, the Kryptonians and Superman's family uh, and some uh, amazing um, results coming out of uh, the major conflict and the impact it had on our heroes. I I'm just going to say this right now. You will not see coming what happens to Batman, to Superman, to Lex Luthor, and several others. This will be a surprise for you. Um, gotta say, even with my 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 critique, uh, and gotta, I, I almost feel like I should take it back or edit it out. Robert Derek Robertson is is a is a is a treasured classic artist. This was just not my my favorite of his work, but he is fantastic. Support him by his work. Uh, Gary Witta did well. Not only did I think this was a fun out-of-continuity series, I would read a sequel series to see what happens next with some of the new status quo that this series left me with. For sure. And if I wasn't clear before, uh, on Strange, I am 100% following Jed McKay over to the new Doctor Strange book and to his Avengers book, uh, following Strange and uh, Timeless. Those were both excellent, excellent series. Got to talk a little bit about James Gunn, uh, the uh, director and now head of the Marvel, uh, excuse me, the DC Universe over uh, and their current slate of, of, of films. Big info dump uh, just in the last couple days about what uh, James Gunn has planned. He has been, along with a man named Peter Saffron, have been put in charge of DC's uh, film slate to kind of get it back on the tracks after what a lot of people think were some major missteps in the last few years with what was originally known as the Snyderverse. Uh, so with DC's announcement, we have uh, several uh, new projects, both for television and for um, a film. I'm going to say right off the bat, I, they're not all happening. I, I, I have no more faith that all uh, seven or eight of these, or however many there are, are going to happen than I did back when Warner Brothers was promising us uh, so many other uh, DC projects that never came into fruition. And part of that is just Hollywood. They 
the announcement is part of the vetting process right now, where the reaction from the uh, the public, um, how investment uh, in these projects happen, um, the um, this is part of the process now. It, it, an announcement is not an announcement the way it may have been years ago. It is part of the maybe it will get made. But anyway, let's take these one by one. Creature Commandos uh, is very much one that seems fitted to what James Gunn has already done. Uh, it seems very likely that James Gunn's uh, The Suicide Squad, just like his Peacemaker, could still retain uh, roles in this new DC universe. And sure enough, this Creature Commandos is a Suicide Squad-esque kind of project of a team of disparate, uh, in this case, monster or... Uh, um, uh, you know, mutant for not in the Marvel sense, but mutant kind of monster figures uh, banding together to accomplish missions, uh, kind of like a Suicide Squad for monsters. You've got people like Weasel from Suicide Squad, but you've also got people like uh, Frankenstein, um, uh, and, and then a whole bunch that I'm honestly not familiar with. Is that Robot Man? I'm not sure. But what's neat is this is going to be a cartoon, which will give them a lot of freedom to do fun, wild stuff. Uh, the the lone picture of uh, press graphic that we have uh, seems like it's a fun style. So I'm hoping we'll get some really uh, interesting animation styles here. Uh, no word on voice actors or additional casting, uh, but curious about it. And again, a, a TV project, an animated project. This is all stuff that DC has traditionally done so well that it's hard to have any doubt about this. It's hard to have any fear about this, uh, even though it is something very new uh, and different. Uh, but more uh, new and different that's still in the same and the old is Waller, um, which is going to put Viola Davis back in the role of Amanda Waller. Another thing that he seems to be keeping uh, from the, the Snyderverse iteration of our DC uh, uh, movie universe. Uh, this is going to be another Max series, HBO Max. So listen, uh, Viola Davis is a treasure, man. There's no two ways about it. Her Waller is a little too trigger happy, but otherwise fine. So I'm, I'm for it. I'm, I'm for it if, you, if, if, if they want to try it. Getting into uh, one of the movies, Superman Legacy. Uh, listen, we're all bummed uh, that Henry Cavill or Cavill is no longer going to play the Man of Steel. We, we were bummed. He was great in the role, even working with uh, less than stellar scripts um, uh, and, and decision-making from the director's chair. But it's time to move on. And we are getting a new Man of Steel, uh, something based off a uh, story earlier in Superman's uh, timeline. So that will be... Uh, good to see as well, uh, or at least need to see. I mean, hopefully we will. he will do it right. There are a lot of people that don't have a lot of faith in James Gunn's storytelling, uh, his ability to truly develop characters, but I, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I would love to see a movie that really brings some of the hope and optimism back to a Superman story. So let's see a young Superman learning how to be a hero. Lanterns is the buddy cop Green Lantern show uh, that's allegedly going to follow Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Listen, there's there's a lot to love about giving me a Green Lantern show with two Green Lanterns. Um, there's a lot to love about a Green Lantern show focusing on Jon Stewart. Um, there's a lot to love about it focusing on Hal, uh, just as the original Green Lantern, who, uh, because of where he was when like Justice League Unlimited came out, didn't get to be uh, a known Green Lantern uh, 20 years ago on TV. Uh, which wasn't bad, because we did get more Jon Stewart, who's also amazing, but still. Um there's a lot to love here. There's a lot to be worried about. Um, Green Lanterns are not buddy cops. They are a, a a group that is a similar 
to a law uh, upholding group like like the police force, but to dumb it down to buddy cops is not quite right. So I'm gonna have to see what this comes up with before I can really make judgment on this. So so I'm gonna I I'm not I'm concerned, but I will await um, decision. The authority. So guys. I started reading comics in 2004, which is a time when comics were kind of in a dark place. You had books like The Authority. You had books like uh, Mark Millar's uh, Ultimates. Uh, You had books like Ultimate X-Men, also Mark Millar. You had too much Mark Millar, is what I'm saying. Um, No, what I'm saying is that comics were a lot darker. They were really trying to be gritty and mature but seemed to have a kind of juvenile idea of what that meant. And because of that, a lot of the comics that were the seminal books that I was reading are now considered cringy. There's just no two ways about it. And The Authority is one that walked the line under Warren Ellis and then just really fell into it under, once again, Mark Millar. Um, so to to bring this book of, a, of essentially a, a Justice League without rules to the big screen is an interesting choice really tells me that Gunn may have very much gotten into comics around the same time I did. And um, I have no faith it's going to happen. Here's the thing. I really like uh, Warren Ellis' authority. Um, I even like Millar's. But I don't think this is the movie that we need. It's not The Boys, so it's not going to go as hard as The Boys. And it's not the Justice League, so it's not going to go as as optimistic and and awe-inspiring as the Justice League, you know, should be. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I would like to see it happen. I would like to see it happen and done well. Um, having Hyperion and Midnighter in a movie, uh, Superman-Batman analogs who are also uh, a gay couple, I would love that. I don't think it's going to happen. What might happen, and I'm not so happy about it, is Paradise Lost. This is the Themyscira-based show showing the life of the Amazonians, Wonder Woman's people, in a what's being described as Game of Thrones style drama. I don't have a ton of faith on this one, you guys, because I just think that that is the wrong place to start. Uh, Unless that's just a line that he's using to sell it to the suits, because by this point their, their eyes are glazing over with all this superhero talk, then I'm fine with it. But if they're really trying to capture the wonder of Game of Thrones, you got two answers to that. You don't or you House of the Dragon. Those are your options. The Brave and the Bold has me intrigued. Um, I would love to see a Batman movie that talks about the life of Batman and Robin um, as the crime-fighting duo. We've seen bad Robin. We've seen no Robin. We've seen, you know, gay Robin. No, we haven't. We've seen so many versions of Batman without Robin. I would love to see one that has Robin. I would love to see some kind of world's finest Brave and the Bold with Batman and Dick Grayson Robin. You know, energetic, quippy, fun Robin. But we're allegedly getting Damian Wayne, which there's a lot to love here. I love the Batman and his son dynamic. There's a lot that I really enjoy about what's been done with Damian over the last 10 years in terms of growing his character. but I hate the fact that we're not getting more Dick. We're not getting more, uh, we're not getting Tim Drake. We're not getting the fall of Jason Todd. 
We're not even getting, you know, the 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 dashed dreams of someone like Stephanie Brown. There's there's so many good Robin stories to tell. And this for me is probably just a real personal issue. Uh, I've got to remember you you can't judge it based on the movie you want. You got to judge it based on the movie it is. So I got to wait. All right. <clears throat> Meanwhile, of course, don't forget that Brave and the Bold will have nothing to do with the Batman Robert Pattinson's movie, which uh, is still getting a sequel, which is good because a lot of people really loved it. Uh, it wasn't one that I really got into. There was uh, I'll leave that for another episode, but uh, I am glad that fans of the movie are getting a sequel because it did well. It established a new world of Gotham that a lot of people are enjoying, and I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan that people are a fan and excited about a thing that's happening. Uh, I'm also excited about Booster Gold. <clears throat> Going back to TV, HBO Max series about Booster, who is a, uh, a a mediocre, self-absorbed hero from the future who comes back to the past and uses future tech to look like a superhero uh, and ends up uh, finding uh, the, the, the hero inside all along. Uh, if done right, this will be a slam dunk. I have no doubt. This could be a lot of fun. And luckily, they're, they're not muddying it with any kind of like descriptors that worry me like buddy cop show or game of thrones style i uh you know i like i like that booster gold out of all the characters whose original premise held up enough for saffron and gun to, to, to pitch it i like that it was him good on you supergirl woman of tomorrow Another one that has me a little concerned. It's a Supergirl story about... It's really focused on the idea that she saw the destruction of Krypton and how it will create a different kind of hero in her than in her uh, cousin, Kal-El. <clears throat> it's not untrue. I just don't know if that's really the point they should be going for. But uh, this is all allegedly taking its cues from a Tom King-written miniseries, <clears throat> which was, was apparently fantastic. Uh, Tom King, uh, a controversial writer over at uh, DC... Um, for some of his work, but who certain books have been very, very lauded, and this is one of them. So going to read that book for sure and uh, kind <clears> of <throat> wait and see on the movie. And then finally, we got Swamp Thing, which is going to be a movie uh, which had uh, you know a fantastic series written by Alan Moore back in the day and which had apparently a good TV show on uh, DC just a couple years ago. So not much known about this one. Swamp Thing is a great character who has deserved a good take for a long time. And, you know, and I was talking to a buddy the other day, <clears throat> If you haven't seen, going back over to Marvel, if you haven't seen Werewolf by Night, uh, the little Marvel short they released on Disney Plus around uh, Halloween, go check it out. Because um, if you, uh, spoilers, there's a Swamp Thing analog over at Marvel named Man-Thing, who makes an unexpected appearance in this. And it's a delight. Uh, so, a very different vibe from what Swamp Thing is going to be. But I just, it reminded me of that, and I wanted to remind you all to check that out if you haven't. <clears throat> Um, I'm going to be uh, wrapping things up here, but before I do, we're going to jump over to video games real quick. Uh, I don't have any new video game news to talk about this week, uh, maybe here in a few days or uh, whenever we sit down in front of the mic again, but I have been playing uh, a game that I've been thinking about playing for a while. I just want to tell you uh, not only um, how you should play Mass Effect 2, because uh, it has really been great. I never played any of the Mass Effect games. I'd heard about them, obviously, super popular series. I just kind of missed the window when they came out. I was doing other things. Um, and, and not only was the series popular and, and uh, Commander Shepard and many of his cast have become ubiquitous uh, in video game circles as, as characters and stories and worlds that many people are just very, very familiar with <clears throat> and very, very passionate about. But Mass Effect 2 
kept popping up on these lists, these best game of all times lists, and always in the top 10, you know, really proving that it was like a just considered one of the best games of all time. So that's the kind of language that really grabs my attention and, and makes me go from, oh, that's a series that I missed and maybe I'll play it to, oh, that is something I've got to play right now. So I, I jumped in. I beat the first game last year, uh, and that's fun too. Mass Effect One was fun. Uh, enjoy the uh, open world role playing storytelling that you can really do, where you kind of have a lot of control. It's not truly open world, but where you have a lot of control over how you respond to things. This really ups the ante. Not only giving you a, a whole lot of choice in how the story uh, opens up to you, but in in the way that you get to know these characters. I have not. Uh, really gotten so involved in the lives of fictional characters in a game uh, like I have for the many of the crew in Mass Effect 2 in a long time and so quickly. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, a character like uh, Link in Breath of the Wild, who I spend countless hours with and have seen him in, in previous iterations in many, many Legend of Zelda games, sure, I love me some Link. But the fact that I love Garrus so damn much, you know, is unexpected, uh, except for all the great adventures that I've had with him in such a short time. Uh, so, yeah, I got to say, um, they're right there. Is it a top 10? I mean, that's really a question you got to ask yourself. But, you know, I always say that if everybody loves something, it's worth checking out. Uh, and, and that's something I've been doing a lot uh, in the years uh, since covid hit and, and shut things down and, and forced a lot of us to hang out at home for a little bit. As I've been trying to get into checking out the things I missed that other people are into. So let me know what you're into as we wrap up our first episode of OK Geek. Uh, feel free uh, to find me on uh, Facebook or, or wherever uh, you end up catching this episode um, and learn about this episode. And let me know what you're into. Uh, if you're into uh, a comic, a game, or, or, or just something else that you geek out about, I want to know what it is. Well, that's it, guys. My name is Hilton Price, and I'll see you soon.